Welcome back to another episode of the Coisaros Podcast. My name is Joel. I've got Ben and Kim with me as usual. Uh, we're gonna have to really start putting the pressure on Jesse because he's been missing a lot of episodes. So you know we're gonna have to have a house meeting at some point. But Kim and Jesse are still here. Um, coming off of uh, yeah, Kim and Ben are still here. Right? Jesse is not here. Thanks, guys. Um, coming off of a Loss in the FA Cup. We are now out of all cup competitions. Uh, we didn't qualify for Europe. Lost after one game in the Carabao Cup and lost after two games in the FA Cup. Going down to Man City. 1-0. Um, they finally scored a goal in our stadium. And they got it in the 88th minute. Um, looked, looked like it might have gone a goalless draw. Um, we would have had a replay at their place, but they were able to kind of bungle in a, a, a sloppy ball off a corner towards the end of the game. Um, and Spurs are out. So now we've basically just got Premier League games for the rest of the season. Kim, how are you feeling about the the rest of our season, given that there's there's likely going to be another year passing without a trophy. And it's kind of disappointing that we, you know, we're knocked out of the FA cup. Um, but I kind of looked at that match as like, sort of like a free hit, like you beat city and then you knock out one of the best teams. But if you lose to city, is it really a bad thing? It's like the best team in the world, you could say. Um, and like, they're starting to get their players back and everything. So I would have loved to have won that game, obviously, like going further in the FA Cup, knocking out one of the big teams would have been really, really nice. But honestly, I just look at it as a, a way to focus the team on the Premier League. Like It it sucks. Like I say, it does suck, but I'm not going to get too down about it because we've, not, we've been knocked out by worse teams, basically. Um, our FA Cup's runs over the last few years have been terrible and if we're going to get knocked up out by a team, at least let it be a good team. Um, going forward, like I said, it gives us the ability to focus on the Premier League. We'll start getting some of our players back who are on international duty, um, get them back reintegrated. We'll, we'll, we'll hopefully see Madison get some more um, minutes in his legs. And so I just have like a still a really good outlook on what this season could end up being. And that's it. I just I just have hope to see what we can do going forward. Well, you talk about, yeah. you know, we've we've lost the worst teams and at least now we lost to a good team. Um, but end of the day, we still lost. <laughs> we still um find ways to crash out of these cup competitions. I feel like under Pochettino, um, we were usually getting to like semifinals and then losing to big clubs, you know, losing to the Chelsea's and the Liverpools and and the cities. Seems like the past few years we haven't even seen semifinals that we're losing a lot earlier in the cups. And so, granted, we got like a really tough draw. Um, does that make any difference for you, Ben, at, when you look at it at the end of the season? Or is it just the fact that, well, here's another year that we that we lost without getting uh, getting further in, in, in cup competitions? No, I mean, I, I think it makes a difference, obviously. I, I it's it's a it's a tough draw. I mean, we would have had to likely beat them at some point anyway. So I guess 
really it's probably good that this happened now because like Kim was saying, um, now we can just concentrate on the league. Um, I'm, we're going to end up 41 matches this this season, which is by far the least that we've had since I've been following them. I don't even know what second would be, but we've been in Europe every single season. <clears throat> and I'm trying to think if this is the quickest we've gotten knocked out of these. We've gotten – we have gotten knocked out. Uh, like, did last year? I'm trying to remember how many matches do we have last year total. Do we get knocked out in the first round of the FA Cup last year? Um, I don't remember. I remember us losing. We lost to like Sheffield United, I think. I think so. Um, but I can't remember if that was the third round or the fourth round. Either way, it was uh, a right around this time. Because I feel like that Sheffield loss, um, was like we lost to Sheffield. Then we lost in the league, and then we got knocked out of Champions League like within seven or eight days of each other. Right. Yeah, it, it was I, the fifth round last year, so same same exact round. Same. Well, this so, was the fourth yeah. round, so we actually oh. got further last year. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why I thought this was the fifth round. Oops. But I guess I, I also would I, – I guess I'd prefer to lose now than play a second leg against City <laughs> if, we had, if we had to play a whole another time and just at, at their stadium – uh, our chances of getting through that were not going to be very likely, and it just would have been extra minutes on our thin, you know, kind of threadbare squad. Um, so, yeah, obviously it would have been great to have an FA Cup run this year, but if we're going to go out, might as well just go out to the best team in the country, potentially in the world, right now, <laughs> instead of wasting extra legs on on uh, the FA Cup, especially, like I said, with our guys still away on their own internationals. Um, yeah, it's just... Hopefully now like um we can we can focus on league games and we're getting healthy. Uh hopefully things will just start to really come together for us. I think I think we we're talking about this in the chat as well, is our our upcoming run of games is pretty favorable for the next, I think, five matches here. I think four of them are home matches. Um I mean, yeah, a lot of our tougher like games half. are gonna be coming up in April and May. So Right. Um But now's the time to to get on a nice run, pick up some points, get the, the squad healthy and mentally in the right spot to then start hopefully, you know, picking up some points against some of the, the tougher competition next month or I guess in March or April. I mean, I got to say, you guys are taking this loss a lot better than I am because <laughs> this uh, this this pissed me off. I'm not going to lie to you. I was the you only one on the loss. <laughs> yeah, I was. And and that's what I was going to say is I I wasn't expecting us to win, but I think watching the game, I would have felt better about us losing if we just kind of got blown away. I didn't feel like City was that great on the day. We were just worse. Um, I was also expecting a little bit more from our guys. Like, I feel like it's one thing to say, like, you're playing a team that's better than you, which I understand. But I also feel like we just didn't really show up. Like, there wasn't... There was very few phases of play in the whole 90 minutes that I can look at and say, like, wow... That was impressive, or that really looked like right after halftime. That we, we started to come played. into our own a little bit. I, I feel yeah. like the first half was for sure that was not great. That it actually was a lot like the the game earlier this year against City, where the first half we got completely outplayed. The second half was more of an even back and forth, which you know when you're playing the best, you know the, one of the best teams in the world, it's not a, a terrible place to be. But I get it. You like you said, City were being a little wasteful. Um, they were there for the taking. We, I think, had like 
two five or two six expected goals with the one Brennan Johnson shot. I mean, that was the yeah, most anemic I'm seeing I've seen. Point two eight on offense. my end, and we only had yeah. not one shot on goal. We just we had one, one shot, shot the entire yeah. game. So they're eighteen. So that's I think for me where I'm like, this is a the- pathetic effort, despite the fact that we lost kind of at the end of the game. You know, we deserve to lose anyway. So it's it's. It's not something where I'm like, oh man, they, uh, they they beat us right at the end. Like, yes, they did, and um, they probably could have slash should have beaten us sooner than that. So I, you know, I know a lot of people was... were also upset about some of the refereeing decisions and some of the yellow cards that City didn't get, which like I fully understand. But I I have a hard time complaining about any of that, knowing that we didn't put together a winning performance. And we I think talk that's briefly about the goal, though. I, I know that it would it would have been a very soft foul, but that foul against Vicario is given 99 out of 100 times because you're just not allowed to even breathe on the goalkeeper when he's going for a ball. There was definitely contact by a player that didn't look like he was trying to actually play a ball. And I know he didn't hit him that hard. He didn't it's like he shoved him, but he fell into him when he was in the air. I mean, that definitely is going to it's going to mess with you when you get bumped into when you're airborne. And like I said, that that but, foul gets called so often. I, I I understand the reason it didn't get overturned is because it's not clear and obvious. But I just I, it's very very rare you see them making contact with a goalkeeper and not a, a foul not being called. I mean, you you saw that happen on a million corners that game. Like the, they were that was it seemed like that was a tactic of theirs. Like put yourself right on the goalkeeper, cause problems, and maybe we get a goal off of it. And so. They kept doing it throughout the, I feel like most of the second half. Anytime they got a corner, somebody was always pushing up against Vicario. Um, and yeah, I feel like it would have been a soft foul as well. I wasn't as up in arms as some of the other fans were about the fact that we didn't get that called. Um, and it was just kind of unlucky that <laughs> he wasn't able to actually get the ball well enough. And like Ake was able to just, you know, bungle it in. Um so, like I said, it, it was the most jammy goal they could have scored, and they happened to score it. So, whatever. Yeah, I'm depressed. Because um, <laughs> the whole thing is just like, you know, like, I would like to see this team win something at some point. Um, I know that they have, like, many years ago, but they, they've never won anything as long as I've been a fan. Um, and I just, the Premier League, that would be great, but we're probably at least two or three years away from that. And that also depends on a lot of things happening like Liverpool falling apart with Klopp leaving and probably would need Pep to leave city as well. So that's not even like something that I'm realistically thinking about. Um, And a cup run feels like something that we could hang our hat on and say, like, there's a sign of our squad making progress because we've been able to kind of collect something along the way. Um, and that's not going to happen this year. So it's just kind of like, well, maybe next year. Um, and I just feel like we've been saying that every year for the past decade, like maybe next year. Um, it's just a little deflating. I, but I say, I also guess when I look at it, like our best striker was gone. Our One of our best midfielders that would have helped us like clean up stuff was gone. Like I, when, when two of your top, 11 players just are away. And that's the thing. City had zero players at AFCON, zero players at the Asian Cup. So, like, when I look at it that way, too, 
it's not that like we field our strongest team and we're like, oh, we lost a city. Like there were some holes here and, you know, sometimes the holes show up. <laughs> We've gotten through a lot of games where our holes, we were able to get through them with our holes, but this just happened to be one where they showed up and they were on display. So, Especially Sonny. Like, th- I mean, we've seen him against City in the past, but he is he's the key to beating a team when we get outplay expected goals wise basically Sonny is the is the the equalizer for us on that because I mean, he's the one that makes them pay when we get a counter i mean can you get shots off uh, yeah i also feel like our creative players were just not creative <laughs> like Werner made so many runs that they just didn't find him on we either sat on the ball not long enough and gave it away immediately or we were too ponderous and missed the passes that we needed to make um, and I was expecting something with like a Kulisevsky Benson Kerr midfield, but they didn't really provide much of anything. Um, and that's results in us getting one shot the entire game. Like there was really no threat. Sonny could have played and maybe things would have been different, but I feel like when the passing in the midfield is not good, I'm not sure how he would have gotten the ball anyway. I also wonder, you know, talk about Werner, like, where he's going to fit in over the course of the next three or four months. I feel like his signing was pretty much because son's at the Asian cup um, and he'll continue to play as long as that's the case. Maybe after that, we just don't see him anymore. Like I'm not really sure exactly what the plan for him is after son gets back, or maybe he's just going to be cover for whoever's injured. Um, But I feel like in the meantime, as we are waiting for Sun to return, obviously Madison starting again will hopefully help that out um, in terms of like having a true number ten on the on the on the pitch. But right now, just our our offense is, just doesn't look very interesting. Even the game that we won in the third round against Burnley was like you know it took a Pedro Porro screamer for us to advance, and I feel like we were having a lot of the same issues against a significantly worse team. So um, it's City. We lost. That result in and of itself, like I said, is not really the disappointing part. Um, I think it's really just the way that we lost. If, if we had got blown away 5-0, I would have probably taken it better um, than just seeing us kind of have chances to put our imprint on the game. And I just feel like we didn't take advantage of those chances. With that said, like I said, we're out. <laughs> so no more FA Cup to talk about moving forward. We will be strictly looking at Premier League matches. Um, is there anything else about this game that's really worth talking about? Because I just feel like it was a so. very blah <laughs> performance. Like I said, I just don't I don't have a lot to say about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think other than I guess I would just say it's nice to have Van Aven back. Because you could see again how we can get away with yeah he was great up higher he was great. he's, yeah. he's a, again back to our kind of cheat code there but yeah that's it <laughs> really like you said it was a it was a pretty blah game um or just we couldn't get it out of our own uh, defensive third for the most part so not not the most fun game to watch we move on uh, and we will be facing Brentford on Wednesday um, so we've got some mid midweek action this week uh, with teams playing on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then more matches again on the weekend. And so for Spurs, that means a Wednesday match against Brentford. Uh, That will be a home game, followed by uh, Everton away on Saturday the 3rd. So 
I guess we'll start with Brentford. There's uh, there's a few kind of things happening on their side of town. Um, number one, obviously, Ivan Tony, who was suspended for half the season, will be back. Um, he returned last week and scored uh, a contentious goal on a free kick, uh, which was uh, much debated after people talked about the fact that he moved the ball after the ref spotted it. Um, and then, obviously, this whole drama that's been going on today with the Noosa signing, a player that Spurs were linked with. He decided to go to Brentford. The reports are saying that he chose them um, because he wanted guaranteed playing time and Spurs were not willing to guarantee that. Um, but now there's reports saying that there's been issues with uh, the agreement and apparently they found some sort of cartilage issues in his knee when he went to go do his medical. So he actually didn't pass the medical. So it's possible that he's not going to Brentford at all. Um, and I guess by the time we play on Wednesday, maybe there's a little bit more information. As you know, we're recording this on Monday night. So um, he may or may not be on their bench when we when we play them. Outside of that, um, Brentford has had not really the greatest season. Um, I think a lot of that obviously had to do with Tony not being there. Uh, Brian and Bomo was kind of holding the torch for him for most of the season uh, while Tony was out, but then he got injured. Um, then they have players that are also out for at AFCON. I think like Johan Wissa is one of them. So they have not been very good this season. They're currently 14th in this, in the league. They've played 20 games and have only won six of them. Um, and they have a goal differential of minus four. So their goalie, uh, some kid named Flecken has like, some of the worst goalie percentages in the league. So, I mean, from that perspective, this should be a kind of a nice bounce back game for Spurs. What are your thoughts or expectations heading into the Brentford match? Yeah, I, I hope you're right. I just know that they, they play kind of more of that low block style. And that's something we've had trouble with this year. Um, even when we have had, all of our creative players or our, our attacking players. It'll be nice, obviously, like you said earlier, to have Madison back. I would think he'd be in contention to start pretty easily for Wednesday. He should. Uh, he better be starting. Yeah, I was kind of surprised <laughs> he wasn't starting uh, the FA Cup match, but I guess you know he's been he's been out for a while now. So it, you know, it just I guess taking I mean, precautions. I'm frankly, going to say when he did come on, he didn't look that great. So yeah, it's it, pretty rusty. He probably needs some minutes in his legs and. Hopefully the little bit that he did get against City will be able to help him start. But, I mean, I'm not going to guarantee that he's going to start just because I don't know what his fitness looks like. And if he's not, right. like, you know, fit enough to do, like, a full 60 to 70 minutes, then I would fully still expect him to come off the bench. So I, I, I'm i kind of in, like, a – for Madison, like, a wait-and-see sort of situation. Right. I just with, – with our um, attacking band right now where it's basically we have two wingers that – their main thing is their quickness, like potentially getting in behind. Well, Brentford's not going to give you a lot of space in behind. Um, I'm just, I'm a little concerned our at our ability to break down a uh, kind of defensive block style team. Um, I, I hope though, I'm trying to, is this, this, this game's at home, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully that should help. Um, hopefully Madison will find his, uh, some of his earlier season magic and be able to unlock them a little bit. Um, and then we'll see what our, our other attackers can do, but Richarlison is not exactly known for, for, you know, a nifty 
pass to unlock anything and same with our wingers. So uh, hopefully Madison and Kulisewski can get it done. Actually, I wonder if Kulisewski is going to be starting on the right and we'll have Johnson on the bench. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like Johnson's had a rough three games. I think Um, the past three matches that we've played, he has not really looked that good. Hey, he Um, had a shot on a, (laughs) He did on Friday. Apparently. I I don't even really remember it. Um, he was straight at the keeper, but yeah, I feel like he, he. I feel like he could just use a little bit of a break. I think sometimes when guys are playing poorly, um, it is often to their disadvantage to have them continue playing. And like I know there's like that idea of having guys play through it, and you know, shooters keep shooting until they see one goes in, and then. Like, I, I get that. At the same time, I, I also feel like sometimes if you're playing poorly and then you keep playing and you keep playing poorly, it actually kills your confidence more than, like, sitting down for a game or two. Uh, we saw something similar with Richarlison where, you know, he was kind of starting a bunch of games and not playing well. Obviously, some of that had to do with whatever personal issues he had going on. He also was able to get some surgery after he sat. Um, so I don't know if that's necessarily the case here. <clears throat> But I think he could probably benefit from having a game where maybe he comes off the bench um, just to kind of clear his mind, get an opportunity to to view the game from the sideline um, and, and kind of figure out how he can impose himself maybe in the last 20 or 30 minutes. But, yeah, I think for me, I would like to see him kind of take a seat if Madison's going to start. That would be the guy that I think is the most obvious to to go to the bench. Yeah, no, I think that would make sense. And then hopefully that could give us a little bit more, especially against Brentford. <clears throat> I think that um that Kulisewski's, uh skill set will probably it can is better to take advantage of a team that's going to be defending deeper. Um, especially with Werner on the other side. Like I said, we've talked about this before, but Werner and Johnson are kind of similar in terms of their skill sets. Um, they're you know they're both going to look to get in in behind and then kind of put in some some low crosses or cutbacks. Uh, Kulisewski is obviously a lot more likely to try to bring the carry the ball himself into the box, the edge of the box, and then put it on his left foot. Um, and then there's also it sounds like Sar uh, Senegal got knocked out of Afcon, so I don't know if he'll actually be available for Wednesday. That seems a little soon, but he's going to be coming back soon. Um, yeah, I I doubt he'll be ready for Wednesday because they just lost earlier today. So I I assume by the time he comes back and gets settled, I imagine he'll be back in the lineup for Everton on Saturday, but definitely Wednesday seems too early for me. Yeah, I agree with that. So I think we're probably going to see the same midfield. And actually, Skip looked all right when he came on at the end. I feel like Skip, you know, hopefully he's getting a little confidence. I wonder if we'll see Skip instead of Hoybier. I'm well, sure who we'll would you who would you put in? I mean, we know our back four. Um, who yeah. would you put in your midfield and in front three uh based on who's available for Wednesday. I would do the three we were just talking about there with Werner, Richarlison, and uh Kulisewski. And then I would probably go with Madison and um Bentonker and then probably skip over Hoybier just because I feel like Hoybier doesn't offer a ton from a starting uh I think he's a great sub to bring in and kind of mm-hmm. steady the ship. Mm-hmm. But he, I just don't know if he brings enough to uh, the beginning of the match. I like he was terrible, but um, I I would like to see what skips what what skip looks like. I, I'm not saying skip is 
better than Hoiberg even, or that he is necessarily has that much to offer. But the last couple appearances from him, he's looked better. And I wouldn't mind just seeing it if we're, if we don't have either Basuma or Saar, might as well use Skip, I would say, and have uh, Hoiberg there off the bench. Well, I know Kim is Hoiberg's biggest fan, so this is the <laughs> perfect opportunity for you to jump in. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious because when you put that he was going to be sticking around for the season in the chat, all I did was like put that emoji where you hit your head. <laughs> um, <laughs> face palm. It was, yeah, face palm. That's exactly what it is. So honestly, I also would go with Skip. Like like he, like um, Ben said, Like I felt like when he came on, I felt like there was an improvement on winning the ball back, moving the ball. Um, I just, I don't, I, like I say, I don't think Hoiberg's a bad player, but I just feel like for what we need him to do in this team, he's just not the best. So I would prefer to see someone else. And that probably means bringing on skip for him. And like Ben said, like coming on to like shore up a game, I'm not even going to say he's the best there because there's a game we gave away because he couldn't help shore up the game. So like, I've seen it both ways where, which is why I'm like, he'd be the player that if I was to get rid of anyone in our midfield, it would be him because I just feel like he doesn't offer us enough with going forward. And he also doesn't offer us enough with playing like at the back. So it's just, he also had another giveaway right in front of our own goal. He's done that several times this season. I feel like he's, yeah, he's lucky. He's lucky that those have not been like put in the back of the net, but those are, those are opportunities that, I mean, some of them, yeah, some of them have, but more of them haven't than have. And so he's honestly been lucky that we haven't given, given up more goals when he's been on the pitch. And if if we would have missed some of those chances that we gave up, we would have been like, we really should have made those chances. Like the one that KDB had um, in, in the city game, like you would expect him to make that nine times out of 10. That's probably just the random juju that they have at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium that prevented that goal to go in. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm going to be very, very happy when we get back star and Basuma because we'll start seeing Hoiberg less and less, and that will just make me happier and happier. Um, but for this match, yeah, I would, I would prefer to see skip. And I feel like he's, he's just showed me more than, than Hoiberg has over the last like month or so. Yeah. I, I, I'm not really sure exactly what skips best position is at this point. Um, kind of reminds me of like a few years back when we had Dyer playing as a six and then sometimes he was a center back and it was kind of like, I'm not really sure exactly which role is the best for him. Um, I think Skip is in a similar position where like we've seen him do well as a six. We've seen him do well as an eight, um, but we haven't seen him do well consistently at either. Um and I, I think he's also still figuring out exactly what kind of player he is ultimately going to become. Um, I, I would not consider him a finished product product by by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think when it comes to what we need from our box to box eight, he has just shown more of a capability of doing it than Hoybier. So from that perspective, I obviously agree with you guys. For me, you know, once we get everybody back, you're looking at Benton Kersar and Madison, and then you're kind of settled there. And then Wait, you can ben, kind ben, of... So Benker's your your long-term six, and Basuma's on the bench? Uh, I would, yes. I would start Benker over Basuma. Um, I was thinking... Now, be, I wouldn't uh, say, like... Eight, though, and Sar would be on the bench. That would have been what I thought. 
Costacoglu at least would do. I would say, like, I think that Basuma and Benson Kerr would probably be some sort of alter- alternating six in terms of, like, maybe they alternate based on who we're playing or match fitness or stuff like that. So I don't. I wouldn't say like Basuma is going to come off the bench for the rest of the season. I don't think that's realistic. Um, but if it was like a cup final and we had to put together a, a, my starting eleven, I would have Benson Kerr out there with Saar and Madison. Um, but yes, I think Basuma and Benton Kerr and Saar, like all three of them, are basically going to be playing those two positions. So some combination of them is going to start pretty much every game. And like I said, we don't have any games outside of the Prem for the rest of the season. So there's really no reason outside of injury that we should be starting anybody else outside of those three guys um, in those two positions. And then, you know, you can play Skippy and Geo with spot minutes once Geo comes back to being healthy. And then Hoybier, based on like, okay, we're up two goals and we need to shore the game up, then he can come in. But it's like, you know, I think he's also, you know, Kim made the point, he's probably the one midfielder that she'd be most willing to sell. And I think Spurs and Ange Postacoglu would agree with that because he's really the only one of our midfielders that all of the rumors said we were like actively trying to move. It sounds like he didn't want to go, and that's why he's not. I'm also not really clear on whether or not there were any actual deals on the table to begin with. So, yeah. I so feel like he that. might be in a position, once everybody's healthy, where he's actually ends up playing the least. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. But now I'm curious, who's your ideal front three when we have everybody back? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, actually, I think it's um, it's actually probably not that hard. I'd go, I'd go, Sun Richie and Decky. Cool. Yeah, I was gonna say the original three that we started the year with, basically. So, Werner and Johnson will be off options off the bench. Sun could probably and Solomon move into too. The, and we Solomon. Forgot, we forgot about him. He hasn't played probably not since what September. He's been injured for a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Because so, yeah, I'm trying to think who the 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 logical backup for Richarlison, I guess, is Sonny still, right? The second who who would go through the middle. I mean, well, that's that's the other injured player that we've got is Belize because that that was what he was signed to do, right? Yeah, I I mean, I think Richarlison for the most part is going to be playing at least eighty minutes a game for the foreseeable yeah. future because we just don't really have anybody else to play that position, and Dane isn't ready, so. You know, if he's coming on, it's kind of like you're not really expecting anything from him. Yeah, he's going to be the human victory cigar or else our bench is this depleted. That's the two things that he's. Yeah, or we're like chasing a goal and he's the only offensive player we have on the bench. So we just right. throw him in. Right, bench is that depleted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like Dan. I, wonder- I just don't think he's he's just not ready yet. He hasn't. He's also had like four or five loans and like only one of them's really been productive. So. I feel like we haven't, we don't have a great history of like managing our academy players very well, but that's probably a different podcast altogether. Yeah. Although that's, that's one thing that I've read and heard some, some things about that changing really in the last year or so is that our, the way we're treating our, um, like, especially our, our, our younger players that we're loaning out, we're 
just being more strategic. Um, because was it uh the Alfie Divine that they recalled him from his loan and now he's up in the championship, I believe, right? He got bumped up a level. Yeah, so he's playing with Plymouth Argyle, which is the same team that we sent Ashley Phillips to. Um, and apparently they're both doing really well there. Um, I know we've got Joe Roden at Leeds with Jed Spence. Those are not academy players. Um, but apparently Roden has been like really good for them. I don't Jed imagine Spence now. Able... Didn't he? He went to he's at Italy, Genoa right? Now. Yeah, yeah he was part now. of that. Yeah, that's part right. of the same of the dragon. The thing that I've heard is that instead of letting people languish on loan at, at, at a place for like a full year, which we've done yeah, in the past, call we're calling them back and moving on, on to somewhere else. So if it's not working out, they get moved on. If it's working out, they stay. So right. to me, Tim that's Grand much pulled back too. That's much smarter that than some of the stuff that we did before, where we would kind of let people just stay on loan. It right. wouldn't be going well, but we wouldn't bring them back at the in the middle of the season. So at least yeah. I I see that they're working on that stuff and. We've put more young people out on loan than I think I've seen, like young players as as in academy players. So I think Mikey Moore went out on loan too. So it seems like we have more academy players, people that would be playing in the under 21s or the under 23s out on loan at a championship or a league one club um, to actually give them minutes to actually let, let them play. And so hopefully that kind of thing continues. We keep doing that and our players do get the time they need to develop. And so I, like, I feel like we've been, okay at developing players who are at the club but we have to actually work to develop people when they're not at the club to 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 give them opportunities to truly develop and not just sit around um and so it's sometimes just getting loans where you know they will play um so i know like the the two that went to plymouth phillips and alfie there is a former england like youth manager on the team like that's managing the team now so he specifically wanted guys who had, if we're going to bring them in on loan, had England youth experience because he felt like that would put them in a better place to be able to contribute to his team. So he's looking for guys that are like our guys. Um, and we're also looking to put people in positions where they're more likely to succeed. And so, so far, so good for those two and hope that just continues. Yeah, I'm definitely glad to hear that we're being more proactive with that because that seems like a... Um kind of an efficiency that we have not been taking advantage of over the last few seasons. So yeah, hopefully that pans out. Well, that I guess brings us back to skip who's right now. I think the only Academy product that we have in our first team, is he? Well, I guess Dane Scarlett, right? If that counts. Oh, yeah. I guess if he counts, Um, I was, you know, talking about skip earlier and, and kind of, where he fits in and, and what his best role is. Where do you guys see as like Skip's best position or his best role in terms of like what he can do well? I think the eight, I think I agree with you is as if, if he especially is doing a little bit more of what we saw him doing <clears throat> the last couple of appearances he's made where he's, he's making more progressive passes, you know, making more, um, I guess taking more chances a little bit and then being looking to get to, to put the ball behind the defenders more so than, than just the sideways passing. Well, Kim, let me ask it to you a different way. Like, what do you think is Skip's best skill set? Like, what does he do well? I feel like he's really good at winning the ball. Um, he's good at putting himself between the ball and a man. Um, I feel like he's 
decent at moving the ball forward. So like when he he doesn't have a lot of speed, but I feel like he's smart about how he moves the ball forward, is a lot more willing to just pass the ball and get it forward than, than some of our other players are that can get dispossessed. Like I feel like he's he gets dispossessed less than some of our other midfielders. And partly that is because he's probably not as creative as they are. He probably doesn't take as many chances. I feel like he's the safe pair of hands in midfield, um, which isn't saying like that's great, but um, I did see today that like he's recently got his hundredth appearance for Spurs, which is it's nice for a young player to see them at least appear that much in our team. And so, like I said, hopefully that continues. And I still feel like he has room to grow. Like we talk about skip, like he's an old man, but <laughs> What is he, 23? Well, it's because he looks like one. So <laughs> that's <laughs> that's why True. sometimes you forget that he's 23. Um, he looks like he's already built up a, a nice pension. But I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. And that's I think the point that I was making earlier is like I'm not I'm still not really sure like what player he ultimately becomes. Like I feel like he could go a few different ways. He does seem like a bit of a jack of all trades in the midfield, but he doesn't necessarily have a defining skill that I could say like, oh, Skip is really great at this. I feel like he plays really hard. I know that's not necessarily a skill, um, but I feel like he's a player that I'm never going to worry about like not putting in a shift or like not going for a tackle. Or And you talk about a safe pair of hands. I feel like that's a phrase that we often use for Ben Davis, but... I think it makes sense for Skip. He's not Ben Davis. Ben Davis is a better footballer than Skip. But I think in terms of like the similarity is that they both kind of know what they can do and they don't ever try to do something outside of that. Right. Like you're never going to see them play a pass that they can't play or, you know, lunge for a ball that they can't get to. Well, maybe Skip does that sometimes, actually. <laughs> um, but I feel like they, but, but sometimes they don't try to play outside gets to a of ball themselves. You don't expect them to get to. That's like, true. Sometimes yeah. Skip's gets the balls where I'm like, I would not have expected that to happen. And other times he might take the man, but that's no different than whatever some of whatever our other midfielders do. So I don't feel like that's too much of a knock on him. I see it with like a bunch of our players, which is why we've had so many you know, yellow and red cards. All right. Uh, looking back ahead to Brentford and, and kind of looking at their run in, obviously they play us on Wednesday. Uh, they've got a tough couple games coming up. Spurs followed by city wolves after that, then Liverpool, then city again. So they're playing uh, Spurs city twice and Liverpool in their next five matches. So it's going to be a, a tough go of it for them. And I imagine they probably aren't coming in with a ton of confidence for a away game against Spurs, but they will have a bit of a boost um, after they came off of a win in their last match and they've got their best player back for the rest of the season. So with that said, I think we can go into predictions for Wednesday's match. Um, all right. I guess I am going to be optimistic about our attack more than anything. And I'll go with, uh, I'll go with two nil. I, I know it's probably not super likely, but I think we can I, score two goals. I was, I was waiting years. for the, I was waiting for the, uh, the Ben two one pick. Two one. This is like kind of your, this is becoming it's your like your a, staple it's now. A, it's a prime so, prime two. It's to me, it's a prime two one sort of game. 
It, it, I mean, okay. I, I, I kind of wanted to get to say I, that, but I'm just trying to switch it up. So I was either going to you're, do try, you're trying to you're trying to you're trying to keep it fresh. Yeah, exactly. Not be too, predictable. Be too predictable. Yeah, yeah it, it kind of does have like a. Yeah, I don't really know what to make out of this game. I do feel like our offense is not convincing right now. I think having Benton Kerr and Madison back in the midfield should help but i think you know like you guys said he obviously wasn't fit enough to start against city i imagine he will be fit enough but he just hasn't played in like four months so it's tough to say like oh our offense is going to be fixed based on this player who hasn't played in a super long time um and and benton Kurt also just didn't really look like himself in that match on friday either so I feel like under normal circumstances, I would be predicting, you know, a, a convincing win here. I just don't know how much of our offense is going to show through. I'm not too worried about them because um, I just don't feel like they have a very good team. And I'm not, I mean, they, they, they will likely play some sort of a low block, but I'm also just not moved by their defense. I do think we'll score. Um, I'm just not sure that we'll... I don't know. I, th this is a weird game because I do feel like we will like dominate the possession. I just don't know how much we'll be able to do with it. Um, I don't know what to predict here. I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I'm going to go with a 1-1 one, one draw. Okay. Then I'll do 2-1 I'll do because I feel like we some after a game where we didn't score, I feel like our attacking um, at least I feel like our attacking will be better after a game where we didn't score. Um, that was the first game we didn't score in all season, basically. Um, I, I literally oh, yeah, think that was the first game point. all season that we haven't scored in. So I feel like the focus will be on getting the ball in the box, even if it's getting crosses in on Richarlison's head. Like, I feel like there will be a emphasis on making sure we get the ball in the box. Making the most I of don't our corners as well. I don't expect Pedro Poro to play as badly as he did against City, against Brentford. Uh, I don't expect um, Abensicor to play as badly as he did against Brentford. So with improvements from our attacking players, I can see us scoring two goals for sure. So I'm going to go 2-1 because I still do think Ivan Tony probably gets at least one. If Brentford didn't have Ivan Tony, I probably would go 2-0 just like Ben. But with him back and his shithousery, I just expect him to get something. <laughs> right exactly all right there you have it two nil one one and two one and if you guys have different predictions or maybe agree with ours please let us know uh we can be found on twitter and instagram at koizaras podcast and we go again another match hopefully with matters back we're back at home we'll get something out of it any closing remarks or last thoughts <laughs> the city match really did it did a number on us i mean yeah come on you spurs come on you spurs